0: Dr. Savell is the Associate Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. He also is an Assistant Professor of Medicine at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care Podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email info at org. Welcome to the Society of
1: Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast for September 13th. 2005. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. In this podcast, we will be speaking with the President of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Peter Angud, MD at CCM. Dr. Angud is the Vice President of the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations and the Chief Patient Safety Officer of the Joint Commission International Center for Patient Safety. He is also Professor of Surgery, Anesthesia, and Emergency Medicine at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Dr. Rangood joins me today to discuss patient safety. Good morning, Peter.
2: Hi. Good morning.
1: Well, first of all, uh, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to be with us today on the very first Critical Care Podcast interview.
2: Oh, my pleasure. I uh, couldn't be more happy about this. The... uh... Society of Critical Care Medicine and its uh, podcasting initiative is uh, one of our most exciting things going on right now. Thank you.
1: And uh, I also wanted to, along those lines, give a personal thank you for all the support you've given to get this up and running in such a uh, short period of time. It's really been a a great pleasure.
2: Um, We view the the, uh, SCCM uh, membership as one that has always been uh, fairly technology-oriented and uh, certainly one that is looking for new ways of learning its uh, business, so this was an obvious way for us to proceed.
1: Fantastic. Well, our major focus today is going to be a discussion with you on patient safety, and I thought we would start out by having you tell us a little bit about what is exactly the Joint Commission International Center for Patient Safety, and specifically your role as Vice President and Chief Patient Safety Officer.
2: Sure. I'd be happy to be Joint Commission has a long legacy of focusing upon safety, quality, and efficiency in health care. Its specific uh, programs oriented towards safety have been going on for uh, well over a decade. Uh, The Institute of Medicine reports in 1999 and 2000 uh, really, though, uh, were the ones that helped to galvanize and crystallize for not only the public but also the uh, government and others that uh, safety is a concern in healthcare care. the intervening five years or so uh, I think has been one where there's been a better is a broken system in many ways, not always but in many, and that issues related to safety are um, an integral part of trying to help better improve the systems and uh, make sure that safety and quality and efficiency are, are able to be bettered. That consensus has taken a long time. There several organizations that have risen to trying to affect the change, and I think we are finally at a stage in organized healthcare where uh, we can begin to uh, see the effects of these changes. The Joint Commission uh, has responded uh, similarly, and it is a lead organization for American healthcare. The formation of a standalone center for patient safety, I think was an important initiative by the Joint Commission. It is a co-sponsored initiative by not only the Joint Commission, but also one of its wholly owned subsidiaries called Joint Commission Resources. our primary focus of this new center is to provide a whole recognizable set of programs and products related to patient safety, coming from the Joint Commission so that uh, we're able to further affect the changes in in healthcare as it relates to safety.
1: The relationship between the Joint Commission that one might have if one were having a hospital visit and your International Center for Patient Safety.
2: Well, the Joint Commission has uh, a long known legacy of setting standards, measuring, and then doing accreditation visits, and that is still the primary focus of the Joint Commission at this time. However, over uh, the last several years, the Joint Commission has been recognizing it needs to expand its uh, scope of activity because it does have a fairly influential voice in American health care. And so through the uh, other subsidiary activity of the Joint Commission Safety Center is able to provide a separate a set of initiatives related to patient safety that does not interfere with uh, any uh, firewall issues related to the exchange of hospital information as it relates to the accreditations process. So the Commission will continue with its accreditation process, but the safety center winds up being something somewhat separate and distinct.
1: And it's, it's a resource for clinicians to help improve the safety issues in their hospital?
2: It is a resource that is going to be focused not only on uh, clinicians and practitioners for their own practices, but it's also a resource for patients and their families so that they can better understand healthcare and take some of their own initiatives in, in making sure they have a safe experience with healthcare. Then together the practitioners, clinicians, better when they are actually having to interact with the hospital environments so that triangle of trying to improve safety in hospitals trying to improve it for the practitioners and the patients is something we are focusing on.
1: What are some specific projects that you're involved in with the society uh, with the Joint Commission International Center right now
2: One of the uh, well let me put it this way the focus areas for us will be the development of a broad base of uh, interorganization collaborations and partnerships, and so we are working closely with uh, pretty much all of the other primary organizations that you would expect as it relates to uh, patient safety. We are focusing on the international arena as well as the North American arena, and we have recently been designated as a um, collaborating center from the World Health Organization as a part of the WHO World Alliance on Patient Safety. The development of solutions for patient safety is fairly complex, and we're active in that. We also are in the process of expanding the uh, Joint Commission's research agenda for patient safety, and there's a, a variety of already uh, funded projects underway, and then we shall also be expanding the distribution of information and uh, providing more in the way of educational programs for practitioners, for the general public, and uh, for healthcare organizations overall.
1: I know that uh, Dr. Pronovost at Hopkins is also very involved uh, with his group in patient safety. Have you been doing any projects with him or collaborations or anything like that?
2: Peter Pronovost is, uh, I think, a a great example of uh, someone who shows a lot of initiative, has been able to generate a lot of activity. Uh, He's been working with the Joint Commission, through the development of the ICU measure set, both uh, he and I have been involved with that activity. Peter Pronovost has uh, chaired that. Uh, we continue to look for other ways in working with uh, Dr. Pronovos as we uh, not only try to improve patient safety, but also try to improve uh, the ongoing development of critical care.
1: And and your specific center within the Joint Commission, you don't actually go on the site visits to hospitals, or are you part of that as as well?
2: No, that's uh, the the review and surveying for accreditation purposes of hospitals is a separate and distinct process uh, from what we are up to in the safety center.
1: Are there any other uh, major items regarding the international center that you thought you would like to share with the uh, members of SCCM that might be relevant to critical care?
2: Safety has also become a good moniker for helping to try and change the systems in each of the institutions, as well as to provide organizational change, and as we move this whole set of initiatives along on the international front, I think the focus in on critical care is going to be an important part of this whole process because, as we all know, the provision of critical care in the acute hospital setting is going to become more and more prominent over the next few decades.
1: Well, thank you. I thought that it might be uh, interesting to spend the next couple of minutes talking a little bit about your background and interest in medical informatics and telemedicine, and perhaps if you could tell us a little bit more about that and how some of those areas might be relevant to your current position and improve patient safety.
2: Thank you. Um, As many know, I'm a surgeon. Originally come out of the Canadian system with the uh, single payer model. As I have evolved in my career, I've wound up with an eclectic set of interests, which have ranged from you know injury prevention and the whole provision of clinical trauma care. I think the trauma systems exposures is what believe uh, started me on my interest in systems and organizational management, and as that focus began to come into place, the overlap with technologies and the informatics piece becomes uh, an immediate obvious. I have had experiences with running some fairly complicated telemedicine programs related to some NASA-funded research in the past, and these were projects looking at ways to not only provide education programs over the internet and at ways for remotely managing patients with uh, remote sensing and the telemetering of that information. Uh, I've also been involved with uh, some uh, Department of Defense contracts uh, looking at uh, similar types of activity and you know how better to remotely monitor the physiology of the uh, military and get that information transferred back. Uh, that sorry that all couples back into provision of, of How do you not only get that information, but how do you do the uh, decision-making through all of that? So systems management, information flow, and integrating it into your clinical decisions, I think, are uh, a critical component of all of this telemedicine and uh, medical informatics.
1: I guess the the issues of medical informatics and telemedicine obviously dovetail well into critical care, given the leapfrog initiative recommending uh, electronic physician order entry as well as EICUs uh, popping up all over the place. Do you have uh, opinions about things like VisiQ and EICU?
2: Well, I think that the remote monitoring of uh, patients, the ability to make clinical decisions remotely, and to inter- learning how to interact with uh, bedside providers from a remote location is uh, clearly something that's new and different for the uh, paradigm of critical care think that the current model that's uh, being initiated is, uh, near as we can tell, preliminarily quite successful. I think the important component of that is what it actually does is force healthcare systems to look at their systems of care and the way they are organized to provide care uh, more than it does just the application of some technologies onto ex- existing practices. So
1: and and importantly, something uh, like an EICU allows there to be an extension of critical care practitioners and into hospitals where they may not have previously been able to be.
2: Well, correct. I mean, it's not only the uh, placement of critical care services into units and hospitals where there may not have been services, but it also helps us to address the issues related to manpower and the relative current shortage of manpower for uh, critical care. We're able to you know, expand our services at the same time as we're in a manpower shortage.
1: Well, I think we're probably going to be winding things up here, and I've been very interested uh, over the past couple of weeks to hear your perspective on what it's been like on the other side uh, in the leadership of SCCM and helping to uh, arrange the call for volunteers in the horrible aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, specifically Can you share with us any details of what it was like to work with some of the federal agencies and how it was decided that a call for volunteers of critical care practitioners uh, was needed?
2: Society of Critical Care Medicine has uh, been involved for several years now in learning how to respond as an organization to uh, disasters and even to some degree the uh, military activities of Desert Storm and uh, supporting you know, the the organization and some of the other types of worldwide disasters that go on. As we've matured as an organization, we've become, uh, I think, more sophisticated in learning not only what our memberships wants, how they want to participate, and how can they become involved, but we've also become more sophisticated in developing courses and course materials related to how to respond for disasters and how institutions can uh, respond better for disasters overall. We've initiated the FCCS courses. We've got a hospital-based disaster medicine uh, program that we're interacting with several other organizations with. As an organization, we've learned how to respond overall. And the reason we have chosen to learn how to respond is because obviously many disaster victims are critically injured, and uh, then evolve into a significant critical illness, and so our society feels that it's important for us to be able to become a part of all of those responses related to disasters. This latest disaster uh, with the Hurricane Katrina, I think, has been our best response so far. We were able to get a good sense of uh, the severity of the disaster very early. We worked with other uh, organizations and the federal agencies in order to better understand how the response initiated our own response. uh, We had just an incredible, uh, overwhelming uh, enlistment of a variety of professionals. It was really gratifying to see that occur. Now, I must make special mention in here as to the, the quality of our SCCM staff in initiating a lot of these activities for us And let's not forget that in behind all of this, the organization also had to look at relocating its own annual Congress from a scheduled meeting in New Orleans for 2006, January of 2006, and to get that meeting uh, relocated to another city in a very short period of time. And that was all done very seamlessly and without even any uh, real significant problems. Tremendous amount of work, obviously, and our staff and our volunteers responded uh, wonderfully.
1: Dr. Angood, I'm very grateful for the time you've been able to share with us today. We've been speaking with Dr. Peter B. Angood, current president of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, and his other appointment as co-director and vice president, as well as chief patient safety officer, Joint Commission International Center for Patient Safety. Thank you so much, Dr. Angood.
2: Oh, my pleasure. And, Rich, again, thank you for all of the activities you are doing with this exciting new uh, initiative of podcasting for SCCM.
1: Thank you. This concludes our podcast for September 13th, 2005. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members
0: of the critical care community. Registration is open for SCCM's 35th Critical Care Congress. Please note the date and location change to January 7th through 11th, 2006 at the San Francisco Mascone West Convention Center. Learn innovative treatments in critical care, as well as fundamental business practices to improve your ICU environment, all developed by a multi-professional team of critical care experts. Register today by speaking with a SCCM customer service representative at 1-847-827-6888. Or visit www.sccm.org. Don't miss out on this unsurpassed educational opportunity in beautiful San Francisco, California.